Hello and welcome to the Analytics FC podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, Head of Content. I've taken over from John McKenzie, who is now at TIFO Football and doing a brilliant job of explaining football tactics, so you should check them out. This month, I spoke to Mike Doria, the Chief Commercial Officer at Second Spectrum, which is a tracking and analytics provider working in, among others, the NBA and the Premier League. In our chat, we talked about how Mike came to work in the analytics space, what Second Spectrum do, and how clubs and media organizations are harnessing the power of tracking data to improve understanding of the game, which can be leveraged in various different ways. Here's what Mike had to say. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Pleasure to be here. So you're the CCO at Second Spectrum, which is an industry-leading data and video tracking company that specializes in sports. Can you tell us a bit about your background and how you ended up working at Second Spectrum? It's relevant to go to go all the way back. I guess I grew up as a crazy sports fan, um, and I ended up going to MIT and playing basketball there. Many people don't know that MIT is a basketball team, but they're, they've become quite proficient these days. And then professionally, I think the through line for me has been trying to help build organizations that, that use data and technology to you know transform the industries that they're working in. This usually means sitting between a team that's you know building some cutting edge tech and the consumers are someone on the front line and, and helping to figure out the product and the story that, that gets that out into the world. I spent some time consulting at, at Bain & Company. Um, I spent some time doing something similar in the, in the education industry, trying to help them use data and technology. And when Second Spectrum was being started, it was pretty serendipitous. It, it kind of brought together a few of the things uh, where I was both passionate about and had some experience. Uh, at the founding of Second Spectrum, we were really a company that was working to help MBA teams make sense of this thing that at that time was new called tracking data. And so, like I was mentioning before, my job was to come in and work with our cutting edge engineering team and use my engineering background to, to understand that work a little bit and then go interface with these MBA teams and, and use my background basketball and playing team sports to kind of draw that linkage between those two. And so that's been the, the kind of career trajectory for me. And yeah, I just feel super fortunate to have landed in a place that um, allows me to work across a couple of different interests and passions that I have. It sounds ideal, doesn't it? It's the, the Japanese concept of ikigai, what, what you love doing, what you're good at doing, and what's useful to others. In terms of what's useful to others, it may seem like a stupid question, but why is tracking data so important? Why is it such a cutting edge technology? It's not a stupid question at all. Um, and I think the short and honest answer is that tracking data on its own really isn't valuable, or at least it's very hard to derive the value from it if it's just tracking data. And I think this was, again, the reason Second Spectrum was founded. Uh, you know, Tracking data has been around for about a decade or more. And until recently, we've really seen minimal kind of transformative use cases emerge. And you know, tracking data is only valuable because of what products and services it can power. And I think that's where Second Spectrum comes in. We create tracking data, we build some of the uh, most cutting edge and advanced tracking systems in the world. But I think the, the real secret sauce of what we do is that we use that tracking data to power products and to enable personalization and interactivity. And to us, that's why tracking data is important. It's the foundational data layer. You, we talk internally about it allows a machine or a computer to quote unquote, watch a live game of sports. It translates live action on the pitch or on a court into data that makes it machine readable or machine interpretable. And then you can kind of open up all these interesting use cases that use AI and machine learning to 
turn that kind of um, that data to an understanding of the game, turn that data to kind of the, the semantics or the language of the game in real time. And what that does is it lets us automatically build a system that understands what's going on in sport in real time. And when you do that, and when you marry that with an understanding of a consumer that could be a coach or a fan or, or somebody that wants to engage in, in sports, that's what really unlocks personalization and these new ways to engage with sport. So that's what it's all about for us, using tracking data to get people what they want and enable personalization of sporting experiences. We'll come to some of those use cases in a minute, but you said you had an engineering background, which I assume is extraordinarily helpful in this. Can you just explain briefly to the layperson how tracking data actually works from a technical perspective how is it gathered what kind of what kind of volume of data is generated from an individual game of basketball for example so the tracking data work and we'll talk about optical tracking data here this is what second spectrum does we put a number of cameras around a basketball court around an nba arena around a english premier league ground and these cameras what they do they're not your normal broadcast cameras that we're used to seeing on tv but they're all about capturing data from a game so they'll read the jersey number off a player's back to identify who they are and then what they'll do is they'll capture a really granular understanding of what's going on on the court or on the pitch. In the basketball game, like the NBA, we can capture the full skeleton of every player and the ball many, many times a second in real time throughout the game. And what this means is for an individual NBA game, you can collect millions and millions of data points about exactly where every part of a player's body was at any given moment and exactly where the ball was at any given moment. And so that's the kind of how the underlying technology works. And again, on its own, that you can view that as just a giant pile of numbers that's really hard to work with. But what it allows you to do is use math and machine learning and, and other techniques to kind of use that pile of numbers and turn it into something that can be really valuable for a coach or a fan or anybody else who's engaged in the sport. Let's talk about that range of services because obviously team reports are helpful. You know, you can start to build analysis of where the ball is moving, how players are moving in relation to the ball. But also there's a lot of videographic interface that Second Spectrum does, media work. Which element was what you did first? Did, did you build a suite of tools that could enable the capture of this data and then start to think about how it might be used? Or was there already at least one or two use cases in mind when you started to develop the technology? Really, the first thing we did was build products and services to help teams win more games. You know, we find that the people working within teams are some of the smartest practitioners and, and most learned about the individual sports that they work in. So for us, we wanted to go to the people who had the most exacting standards and the best understanding of an individual sport. So early on, we partnered really closely with a number of NBA teams to say, what are the interesting things that we can extract from this tracking data that is gonna help your workflow, that is gonna save you time, that is gonna give you access to new information that will help your job or, or help you win more games. And so we spent a long time time just really trying to both learn from those practitioners and then kind of tailor our tools and services to be as high value as possible. And we've done the same thing in every sport that we've worked in. So in football, when we did this, we, we did the same thing with Premier League clubs and, and MLS clubs to make sure we were starting with, again, those folks who have the highest standards and the most knowledge. 
And then once you've done that, once we've built up this insanely deep language about those sports, we're able to kind of build media use cases and stuff that can serve fans as well much easier because we have this really solid foundation of the most detailed knowledge about the sport that we can. You often hear from jokey phrases through to genuine criticism that, you know, nerds are ruining sports, that a game isn't played on a spreadsheet and so on. When you bring this kind of technology to sports teams, which is incredibly complicated, and requires a high degree of of understanding. Did you find immediate receptivity for that? Because, you know, having talked to other people that work with data in, in the sports industry, a lot of the key issues that they find are around buy-in. Like people can conceptually maybe get why it's useful to them, but really getting uh, buy-in from particularly management and ownership is what translates this stuff to effectively working in the sports space? It's a, it's a really good question. There is a lot of funny buzz around you know analytics in sports and, and we've obviously heard all of that as well. I think what we have found is that we inside these sports organizations, they are some of the most advanced and forward-thinking folks in the sporting world. And so in the early days, our first sets of clients had some really progressive members of those groups who saw the value in this technology and saw the value in this data. And we're really seeking out our support for ways to bring it to life and, and integrate it into their organization. Now, certainly that wasn't everybody. And, and we've had to kind of work over time to, to show the value of our work. But I think one of the secrets of what Second Spectrum does is we try to really marry this deep understanding and respect for sport with a really deep understanding and expertise in the technology. And so the approach that we've always taken is to make sure within our company, we have a lot of former athletes athletes and people who can appreciate what's going on on the sporting front, as well as people who have, you know, cutting edge engineering degrees and are really the top talent in those respective fields. And you know, for us, it's not about telling somebody what they can do or trying to come up with a single metric that's going to, you know, revolutionize the game or, or change somebody's mind. It's about providing people who work in the sport more tools and more superpowers so that they're ultimately in the driver's seat, but that we can support them along that journey. And, you know, I think that approach has helped us go in and figure out the right way to fit into an organization and add value in that organization. It seems like the next big advances in data use and analysis will come from a combination of positional data, tracking data, and event data. And you can see some teams already making strides. Uh, Liverpool have done some really interesting work with how player movement affects the likelihood of the ball entering a particular part of the field and then predicting roughly where other players will go off the back of that. How closely does your expertise allow you to suggest things to teams or are you effectively providing the tools and a mechanism by which they can start to explore it but then leaving that kind of marriage of positional data and event data up to them? I think one of the core competencies of Second Spectrum is lining up data and video um, into kind of one consistent place that allows you to look at all the data sources that you have across your organization and try to find insights out of them. So it's something that we currently do. We do a lot of work to integrate tracking data and eventing data. And I actually think one trend that you're going to see over time, and it's something that we're actively doing now, is the ability to start to automate eventing data from tracking data. Once you have these highly granular data sets about you know, the full human body and, and how it's moving, you can use 
artificial intelligence and other techniques to also automatically generate what we typically refer to as eventing data, but even many more events that were impossible to, to tag with the human because we have so much information about what's going on on every part of the pitch at every moment. We believe that the future will have more robust, faster eventing data that can be fully automated. And so that's something that when I look into the future, I think is going to be pretty transformative for teams and for sport in general. Are we looking at a situation perhaps in the future or even potentially technically now where a coach is on the side of a Premier League football game with an iPad and an AI learning program is saying to them this move has happened three times each time their fullback gets drawn out of position if we continue to target that space it's going to lead to something that kind of predictive in-game analysis I do you know and I think each league has to decide on their rules on on how they want technology to proliferate on, on places like the bench but I think the underpinnings for that technical service are there today. And, you know, I'll go back to something that I said earlier. I always think that it's going to be somewhat tailored to a coach's preference. I think that coaches have philosophies of how they want to play and and are going to have to define some of the parameters of what they care about and what they want to evaluate. But we are absolutely at a point today where technology can help pull insights out of a game and can help flag things for you automatically to support whatever a coach's philosophy is or the key things that a coach cares about observing and potentially changing as a game unfolds you can see that some coaches think oh yeah i like working with a sporting director or conversely i like to have total oversight of the transfer process and maybe they're a bit more old school in how they do that and it's an interesting idea that maybe coaches will start to define themselves philosophically not just in terms of playing style but in terms of their relationship to the use of data you know, how am I going to, maybe in a job application, this is how I propose to use tracking data in the course of my day-to-day coaching. That could become something that coaches are actually questioned on in an interview process, because it, it really does feel like we're at that point where the use of data is so widespread that coaches really have to consider that. I want to go on now to media use. That's my background before I joined Analytics FC was much more in the media and at TIFO. You know, we use data, we talked about tactics quite a lot. In terms of an appetite from fans for more complex analysis, where do you think that's come from? Why do you think fans are now interested in expected goals, for example, or keen to spend their time generating data visualization and bemoaning the fact that tracking data isn't publicly available for free? (laughs) In my opinion, I think that demand's always been there. I think that it's one of the magical things about sport is that people who support a team or or follow the game, they care so deeply and passionately and it becomes part of their identity. It's for me one of the reasons sport is such a a fun place to work. I think in previous generations before this technology existed, it, it might just be an argument that happens at a pub or in the stands. And I think now there's all these tools to help understand that game more deeply and you know, not just have an opinion about it or not just have your eye test of what's going on on the pitch, but actually start to measure it or actually start to be more informed about what's going on or actually start to have a, a real technical understanding of the tactics and strategies that your manager is employing. So I think for those hardcore fans, those fans that really follow our team, it's just another way to get closer to the action. It's just another way to have a deeper connection with something that they love and they care about. And so we certainly see a future where that becomes a 
big part of the fan experience, either in the live broadcast or in between games as, as they want to do their own research and, and build that deeper connection to a team. In terms of some of the media work that Second Spectrum has done, you collaborated with Stats Perform on the PL Insights feed. What was the creative process like for that project? I think, you know, Football Data Co. and the Premier League are some of the most forward-thinking groups around. And the overall idea was to bring together everybody in the Premier League ecosystem to unlock a new set of data that's ever existed before in football. And so between Football Data Co., ourselves in Second Spectrum, and the Stats Reform Group, we really had a, a meeting of the minds to try to think about what are all the new things that tracking data make possible that we could get out into the world. And so, you know, it was that combination, again, of people who deeply understand football, but also people who deeply understand the, the technical side. And it was that marriage that was able to, to bring some of this creativity to light. You know, it, it often takes the form of things that we've talked about in the game before, or have always been part of the game, but a bit harder to measure or harder to really have true insight on without the, the data and the technology. So things like pressing and pressure or formations or shot speed, these are things that are, you know, words and, and terms and concepts that are, you know, very familiar to football fans but have often only been able to be discussed or talked about on an eye test or a qualitative perspective. And they're now things that we can measure really specifically and really precisely. And so it can just become more ingrained parts of the game, both for a, for a club who may care about that stuff, but certainly also for a fan. You've now been acquired by Genius Sports, which must be a very exciting move. What does the future look like for Second Spectrum? We've been delighted to join the Genius Sports family. I think it's been a really a really positive experience for everyone on the Second Spectrum team. You know, it comes with many benefits. As a smaller company, we had less resources and, and we had to move at a certain pace. Genius has a global scale and I think will help us really proliferate some of the technology that we've developed much more quickly. And so that's something that we're all really excited about. I mentioned this other piece before. You know, I think one of the things that Second Spectrum has spent a long time doing is building this deep understanding of the game and automating that using technology. So, you know, we can deploy our technology across the basketball, American football, football, and in real time, understand the game automatically at a deeper level than ever before. Genius uh, historically has done the other side of really understanding consumers and understanding the fan and the consumer who cares about the game. And I think marrying these two technologies is ultimately what's going to unlock the future of, of sports fandom. You know, I think we see a world in the future where every fan can personalize their live sporting experience. And whether you're, you know, a gamer or you grew up playing the game or you're, you know, a kid and you and you just want to learn about it or you want to play fantasy or gamble everybody can customize their live experience both in terms of what data and information they have access to how the game's presented on their on their screen or their device is it augmented with different types of experiences and you know that that's been second spectrum's vision from when we started our name second spectrum is derived from this idea of the next way of seeing sports and we've always been about personalizing the sporting experience but i think as part of the Genius family, we're really going to be able to do that a lot more quickly. And so that's probably the number one thing we're excited about for the future. Well, you've presented a very exciting vision, and it sounds like the fans of sports very much at the forefront of the way you're thinking about it, not just you know professional bodies involved. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be very excited about that as well. Mike Doria, thank you so much for joining us on the Analytics FC podcast. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thanks. The pleasure's all mine. Very much appreciate it.
So that was Mike Doria from Second Spectrum. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike W Doria. That's D-A-U-R-I-A. And Second Spectrum at Second Spectrum. We'll be back next month with another interesting guest, but until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it, and check out all the content that's going out from Analytics FC on our Twitter account, at Analytics FC. Goodbye!